person who actually was supposed to be the one who was offended doesn't even know if it happened. And that was not, you know what? I, by the way, I don't, that's not about politics. That's just simply about stupid, foolish things that happen. And so I started thinking about this, and I'm like, you know what? We need to talk about how we use our mouth, how we use any kind of verbal communication. So that's print, that's mouth, that's digital. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to give you the shortest version I possibly can. And you say, is this kind of thing in the Bible? I mean, is there any illustration you can use in the Bible about people being victimized? The answer is David. You can turn there if you want. I'm going to be on it and write off of it because I'm going to be going through a lot of stuff very quickly. But in Psalm, 1, Psalm 59, verse 1, David is in a bad place. He literally has his enemies camping out at his house trying to do him in. It says there, um, they watched the house in order to kill him. And David says, deliver me from my enemies. Oh my God, securely on high, away from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who do iniquity. For behold, they have sent an ambush for me. Fierce men launch an attack. And Lord, there's no guilt of mine. They run and set themselves against me. Arouse thyself and help me. You say, well, that's a physical attack. They were trying to kill him. And that is true. David was a victim. And he makes it clear, I didn't do anything to to get these guys mad at me. But he goes on to say this about halfway through this psalm. In verse 6, it says, They return at evening, they howl like a dog and go around the city. Behold, they belch forth with their mouth. Swords are in their lips, for they say, who hears? Notice what it is. Not only are they trying to kill him, but they are saying things against him. Now, I don't know about you, but a barking dog, by the way, a barking dog can warn you of danger and things like that. That's, that's a good thing. But somebody who lets their dog out and it barks for hours on end, uh, that causes neighborhood problems. Okay, and he's saying these are like a bunch of dogs howling and uh, it's just causing a ruckus. These people go on and he says it. (laughs) I don't understand. I wouldn't have probably used this word, but they belch forth out of their mouth. Now, um, that's not a pretty, pretty picture there. And it goes on to say that swords are their lips. I've said it before. I'll probably say it again before this is over is. That old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is just totally false. Because he's saying, no, their lips are like swords. They do real damage. Words can damage people and damage them in ways beyond what can happen in a physical way. Physical violence and abuse and victimization is absolutely horrible, and words are no better. How do I know that? Because the Bible uh, makes it very clear over and over again. And if you remember from last week, why, do, why does victimization and why is this such a bad thing? Because the Bible says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever you wouldn't want done to you, you don't want done to your neighbor. And then it says, not only your neighbor, but it says, even the stranger who resides among you. You are to love him as yourself also. 
So in both directions, it's saying whether you know this person very closely or you just rub shoulders with them, he says, you need to treat them correctly. And victimization does exactly the opposite of that. Now, we've looked at a bunch of different things in the past. We said that there are all kinds of of abuse that can take place. Statutory simply means someone is young enough uh, or incapable of thinking morally, logically, ethically. And so anything done against them uh, is just plain wrong, period. There's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And today we are going to concentrate on the last one, which is verbal. Probably the, the centerpiece of this whole sermon is the Ten Commandments, the one commandment, the ninth one that says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. False witness is also identified with a malicious witness. Now, this is a very interesting uh, thing to look at. First of all, false simply means to deceive or lie, slander, be treacherous, useless or wrong. In other words, any intent to deceive is a lie. You try to deceive someone, you give false information, deceiving people into believing something other than what is true, that's a false witness. Malicious is also used in conjunction and in context with a false witness. We'll get to it in a moment. But the word malicious, almost all but about five places in the Old Testament, is translated violent or violence. And I'm telling you, it ran me around in circles. So I'm like, so why would the word that means violent most of the time be translated malicious? Because the end result of maliciousness is violent in this sense, that you are being cruel, unjust, and you are damaging someone else. And so there's a very vivid picture that, yes, your words do damage, bad damage, goes deeper. And, of course, a witness can be used in good or bad. It simply means you're giving evidence, giving them a report, or giving a testimony of something. That's the way it's used. But if it's used with false or malicious or something like that in front of it, now it's a really bad thing. We are to witness. We are to give testimony of our relationship with Christ and all those kinds of things. Nothing wrong with that, of course. But when it's used incorrectly, there's a real problem that goes with it. And fact is, in Proverbs 25, verse 18, it says this, Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Now, I've been around for a while, but clubs, swords, and arrows normally don't have a positive use. They are to defend yourself or to fight a war or something like that. They cause damage. You use a club because you want to beat something. You know, you, you don't do it to give somebody a love pat you, you don't, or a pat on the back. You don't use a club for that. And, and, and you, you don't comb your hair with an arrow. You, know, you would injure yourself. In other words, these things cause injury. And he's saying that's what a person is like who bears false witness. And I already mentioned Deuteronomy chapter 19, where it uses both of these words in the same context. And there in... Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, it says this, A single witness shall not rise up against a man on account of any iniqui- uh, 
iniquity or any sin which he has committed. On the evidence of two or three witnesses, a matter shall be confirmed. That is quoted in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 18, where it talks about how we in the New Testament age are to deal with. We deal with sin and things that are wrong at the lowest possible level. And the second level after personal and private is other people who absolutely know the facts. A witness is a first-hand account. And then it goes from there. But we're not going to, that's not our purpose this morning. But in verse 16 says, If a malicious witness rises up against a man to accuse him of wrongdoing, then both men that are in the dispute shall go to the judges, and the judges will decide uh, what the end result is. In verse 18, the judges shall thoroughly uh, investigate, and if the witness is a false witness, and he has accused his brother falsely, here's what happens. The end result is legal terms, is perjury. Here's what happens. If I bring a false charge, and that can be in court under oath, and that absolutely is true, but Proverbs uses it basically in a general sense also, is that whatever would have happened, so if I accuse somebody of murder, or I accuse them of stealing, and there's a punishment that goes with those things, then if I falsely accuse them, and it's found out that I was a false accuser, then whatever that penalty would have been for that person should come back on me. That's perjury. We don't take that very seriously in our country today. Perjury is still a crime, but it's kind of slap on the hand compared to what is done to the other person. Let's face it. A false witness can ruin the reputation and the life of a person probably quicker than any other form of victimization. And so that deception uh, should be treated that way. So a false witness is not somebody who just gave a bad story. No, they are literally someone who is breaking the law breaking another person's life up, and they need to be held accountable. So when you say something about somebody else, you better make sure you're right, because there is a penalty that goes against that. So bearing false witness will, will absolutely bring unjustified injury to the reputation possible legal penalties against the person you're uh, falsely accusing or harm in other aspects of life. For example, bullying is a form of false witness because you're saying something about that person that's not true. I don't recommend this, but there are people that have actually committed suicide because false information was being spread about them. There are vulnerable people in this world. You need to be careful how you use your mouth, what you say, what comes out of it, and you better be able to back it up. And this protects a person's reputation. That's a false witness. And if you notice, it says that this false witness is also a malicious witness in this passage. Why? Because when you do that, the, the whole thing is that it does violence to the person's reputation. It brings injury, just like violence would. And that's the conclusion I had to come to of why it translates the word uh, 
violent as malicious because it's cruel. It brings damage to that other person. We need to be very careful with our words. The second word we're going to look at is the word slander. Now, I have a way of seeing slander in my own mind. This may not be helpful to you, but this is the way I see it. Slander is you take the truth and slant it just a little bit. Now, let's face it. That's what you do with rat poison. Uh, We used to kill rats on the farm, and you take rat poison. Rat poison is 99.5% pure, whole grain, and they seal it so it stays nice and fresh. Rats and mice, they actually like fresh grain. They don't like spoiled stuff. One half of 1% of wafering put on the outside. Well, that's what slander does. It really does. And it is a crime. It's actually a crime. But it tells others derogatory or untrue statements about another person to defame their reputation. Notice we keep coming back to the reputation thing. But it also can cause real damage or real harm to that person. Because if slander is put out there, it's not under oath or anything like that, you may lose a job, you may lose a contract, you may lose friends, you may, whatever it is, You can have your life wrecked because someone is slandering your name. In fact, is in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, it says this, starting in verse 18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool. He knows it causes damage. He's a fool. He knows what's true. But he doesn't apply it to his life. And it goes on in verse 19. When, many wor- with, when there are many words, transgression is unavailable. Uh, uh, let me sh- I'm trying to go too fast. Let me slow down a little bit. Okay. Now, when, many words with, when there are many words, transgression is unavailable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Notice the context. If I spread slander, I'm a fool. And he says, if there's too many words, here's the deal. Sometimes it just pays to stop talking. Slander and a lot of these things don't start out that way. You don't start out to say these things. But if you keep talking long enough, you will say things you know you shouldn't have said. And it will bring damage to the reputation or otherwise to the person who is the target. And and the Bible is very clear, don't do that. The same thing is true in the New Testament. It uses several different words that mean this. But in James chapter 4, it says, Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law, referring back to the Old Testament, and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. He says, listen. Watch your mouth. Do not slander someone else. Don't allow that to be a part of your life because, indeed, you are abusing the other person verbally. This next word is only used, by the way, the word extortion or blackmail is not used in most versions of Scripture. Some of them it is, but it's only found twice in the New Testament. But the principle is this. Someone who is a blackmailer or is extorting someone else, 
the, he is threatening or she is threatening to reveal information, whether true or false, about you that would be embarrassing or socially damaging or incriminating unless there's a demand that is met. It could be money, it could be property, it could be services, it could be whatever. And even if the information is true and incriminating, you still can be charged with blackmail in court. It's a legal thing. It's also a spiritual thing. But blackmail is this. I am threatening you by revealing something unless you give in to my demand. It's found twice in the New Testament. Once in Luke chapter 3, verse 14. There it's talking about people who have come to Jesus and they wanted to know, okay, if we're going to be followers of you, how should we act? That's a very good question, right? Okay, there were soldiers that came to him. Now remember, soldiers in those days were not Jews, they were Romans. And they kind of were like a soldier, but also a policeman. They had some unrestrained power to a large extent. And they did some horrendous things at times. Not all of them, but some of them did. And so these soldiers who were wanting to follow Christ, they said, what should it look like if we're a soldier? He didn't say, quit being a soldier. What he did say, he said this. He said some soldiers were questioning him saying, and what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, do not take money from anyone by force. Or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. The word in the middle there, accuse anyone falsely, is the word that is, could be translated extortion or extort. Blackmail is, is a legal term for it also. But he's saying, you cannot use your power, your authority. Let's face it, a policeman, he's running, walking his beat. He knows a lot of things. He might know things about you you don't think anybody else knows just because he's in the, the area. He just sees these things. And Jesus said, don't do this kind of thing because they could very easily extort people. And the other one is the story that we teach our children almost from the beginning. You know him. A wee little man was he. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree, right? Well, guess what? That's the other place in the New Testament this word is used. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded, that's our word, anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Zacchaeus said, if I used what I know about people to get money out of them, he said, I will give back four times as much. You see, it's using your words with power to get something that you want. In his case, it was money. Uh, The soldiers did the exact same thing. The context is very clear there. And then the next one is... One that we say, well, a rumor and gossip are the same thing. They are not, not biblically nor in practical English. They are not exactly the same. They have an overlap. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's hard to tell one from the other. But a rumor is different than gossip. I, I left gossip for last because I believe it's the worst one. Most of these others, except for rumor and gossip, there is an interaction between the accuser, the, vic- uh, the one who's the victimizer, and the victim. There's some interaction. For blackmail, you have to tell the person verbally or in print or digitally or whatever, if you don't do this, I'm going to uh, 
do something against you. I'm going to say something against you. A false witness is usually in court, and you can be cross-examined. And a judge can hold you accountable for the words you say. When it gets to rumors and gossip, that check and balance is not there at all. And that's why these last two are really bad. Gossip being even worse than a rumor. Because a rumor is not personal. It's something of public concern. Just, I think it was this week or last week, somebody came up and said, I guess you heard the rumor about this. And I could say to them, no, I didn't hear a rumor, but I do have the information. I know it firsthand. Then, but it was something that was passed around. By the way, it could be true. It could be false. We don't know if it is. In fact, that's why when a rumor comes your way, if you base how you treat somebody else or what you do based on a rumor, you're going to be in trouble uh, because you did it and you're going to be in trouble with God because God is not going to be very happy with that whole thing. But it has to do with an object, an event, or an issue of public concern that circulates from person to person. That sounds like gossip, but that's not what gossip is. Gossip is very intimate and personal as opposed to a rumor. The Old Testament uses the term rumor. If you remember, there was a king that was camping against the Israelites. And they heard a rumor that something happened uh, back home. And history actually records what that was. And they just turned and left, left all their belongings and their weapons and their horses and donkeys, and they went back home. They heard a rumor. Uh, It worked out good. By the way, some rumors are actually true and have right information. Here's how I deal with anything that comes my way by way of rumor. First of all, I don't decide I'm going to do something or not do something based on a rumor. I'm going to Find out if it's true. Sometimes it's a good thing to find out if it is true because sometimes you find out that you were kind of out of the loop and didn't know what was going on and you're going to find out so you can make good good decisions and have solid information. So, but a rumor is not personal. But then we come to gossip. And gossip is the one that I kept for last on purpose. Because, it, because it's the casual or unconstrained conversation. Idle talk is being really nice about it. But it usually does start as idle talk and goes from there. So I, I'll, I'll let it in there. And it's about other people involving details of intimate, personal, or private nature about others that are absolutely not confirmed as being true. Now, they might even be true. But those are things that nobody else should know. I don't want you to put your hands up, but I'll bet if I ask any one of you, are there things about you and your life that you would rather nobody else know? I have a feeling every single one of you would say, there are some things that nobody else needs to know nor should know. Right? I believe that's true. There are things I don't want you to know about me. I don't want you to know how I think sometimes. If you did, you, I've said this before, you'd throw me out as a pastor because my thought patterns go awry just like yours do. <laughs> they do. It's just the way it is. So if I just said to a friend, hey, you know, I, I was thinking this, and then they turn around and spread it because uh, they think it's going to look good, you know, they, they, they feel really important. You know what? You ruined a friendship, and you might have ruined a person's life reputation. 
So gossip is, is a, a horrible thing to be involved in. In fact, is in the New Testament, remember, in the Old Testament, a, a malicious witness is one who is cruel and causes damage. The word malicious gossips, as found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it gives a whole list of things in the last days, these are going to happen. The word for malicious gossip, you're not going to believe it probably, but look it up. It's the word for devil. Diablos. The word for devil. Wow. If I'm a malicious gossip, I'm doing the devil's work. I'm acting like the devil. Because what is he? A false accuser. That's what he does. He's a slanderer. He gives false information. And it says there, don't be a part of that. In fact is, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19, it says, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secret. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. You know why? Because gossip is like eating a potato chip. I don't know about you. Maybe you don't like potato chips, but can you eat just one potato chip? That's the old advertisement. I can't. We, we, we stopped having potato chips in our house because... I start on the bag and <laughs> I see some of you would know what I'm talking about. And until I get sick of salt and, and grease or till the bag's empty, I don't know. It's just one of those, well, that's what gossip does. It just has a life of its own. How do you deal with these things? I'm going to end with this because, first of all, how do you deal with all this verbal things that can cause real damage to reputations and actually a person's life. How do you deal with that? First of all, don't pass anything on because if you don't pass it on, it stops the chain. It breaks the link and it doesn't go any further. If, if don't listen to people when they, they gossip. In fact, is this is my rule. If somebody brings me gossip and it happens, rumors and gossip, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to this, but whoever's name is in this, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to take this and I'm going to call that person and I'm going to check with them. I'm telling you, that'll stop it real quick. Because what you're saying is I'm going to check up on it. It might be true. By the way, the gossip of the rumor, it may actually be true. I've had that happen already and uh, I told people I'm going to do this and I guess they didn't believe me. So I went back to the person and I checked. I said, you've been accused of using God's name in vain. And I went back and I checked with that person. Happened in a restaurant. He knew exactly what I was talking about. He says, are you kidding? He says, I'm a Christian not very long. But he says, even when I was an unbeliever, I used bad words, but I never used God's name in vain. And I absolutely don't do that now. He said, I was talking with a friend of mine. And I was saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And uh, <laughs> it got, came back to me as he was using God's name in vain. I checked it out, and then I went back, and I said, you better go check your story, and he got real mad at me. I'm like, hey, listen, you want to pass that around? You need to have it verified, and I was willing to do that. I don't, you, you can't always do that, but that's one thing to do. It'll stop gossip from coming your way. It's happened to me numerous times over the years. Gossip and rumors and these kinds of things, I never base counseling or how I treat somebody or what I do based on those kinds of things. 
It will help me at times to ask good questions. Because there is usually a grain of truth, a seed of truth in all of these things. It started somehow, you know, so there might be something there. Well, I can ask the right questions. But I don't base it on. I have a, a, a saying secondhand information, and that's the nicest way of talking about any of these, secondhand information is no information at all. Unless I hear it directly, personally, firsthand. I am really, really skeptical of what's going on. Um, You might need to, this may be something that's a problem with you. You may have to say, I need to choose my friends differently from here on. Because it's contagious. When somebody starts telling one thing, What do people tend to do? They tend to up it. Guess what? You become a part of the problem. You may just say, you know what? I just need to stay away from that person because every time I do, I get drugged down and I get drugged into this. may need to do that. Remember, the results of these types of things, verbal victimization, people have anxiety, they get depressed, and yes, people commit suicide based on what other people are saying about them, true or not true. So you may need to. And there are people that say, well, these people are saying all these bad things about me. And I'm like, where are you getting it? Well, Facebook, you know, this and that. I'm like, listen, I'm not against those things, but here's what it comes. Peter is always talking about digital media and the media today. You know what? He's right. And you know what my thing is? Get off of there. Stay off of there for at least for now until you got this straightened out. Because you don't need to hear that. Because eventually, it gets to you. It not only ruins your reputation on the outside, but it can mess with your head on the inside and your emotions on the inside. But most of all, make sure that you do not pass on things that come to you. And you have a right to challenge somebody and say, so how do you know that's true? Can, can you give me the, the source material? Give me the source person so I can go back and check it out. When you do that, it stops it in its tracks. It's not a fun thing. But victimization verbally, it is absolutely abuse of the word kind. Let's all stand together as we close. Father, these are not easy things to hear because... All of us fall into this trap one time or the other. It, it, it just happens. But Lord, I pray that we would not be the perpetrator and we would not pass these things on and become a, equally a part of the problem. Lord, I pray that we would use our words as words that are good for human consumption. Things that would be helpful to those who hear, a gift, as it says in Ephesians 4.29, that our words are a gift. They bring grace to the one who hears. On the other hand, Lord, help us to be reminded of what you said about our words, that we would give an account for every careless word that we utter. Lord, I pray that we would see these things for what they really are, something that can cause real, deep damage to people's lives. Thank you so much for reminding us of that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go with God and keep a tight lip.